This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So when you start to hear the issue of abortion, then you know an election's near. And also when you're in doubt put it front and center. It's a distraction for voters. And of course, why would Justin Trudeau want to distract voters? Well, because he's no, I guess, longer sure of the polls, which seem to be telling us that uh, they're softening for him. And I think issues that he thought he might score points on might be changing. We saw the latest of the Ipsos polling revealing that most Canadians are done with COVID. We just don't want to talk about it anymore. We've decided that, yeah, want to know about things like healthcare. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to make my life more affordable? How are you going to tackle, tackle the cost of living? It always comes back to pocketbook issues. And so this notion that Trudeau will be graded in this election on the pandemic response uh, is not a guarantee for him. And so we'll have to go back and run on these pandemic pocketbook issues. The question is, does he have the policies to sell them? And is he the guy to lead the way to recovery? Tasha Kierdens, principal at Navigator Limited, columnist also for the National Post and public policy analyst. And uh, great to have you, Tasha. Nice to be here, Alex. Thanks. As you write in your latest National Post piece, voters say COVID's over. That could hurt Trudeau. And I've always been very surprised by this. But Ipsos, who does polling for Global, found that, you know, 40 percent of the electorate believe he did a good job managing it. Uh, But it's no guarantee that he can, um, I guess, sit back on that record. Yeah, I think that the record itself, if you look at it, um, the other parties are trailing 20 points behind on the COVID management score, though they weren't managing anything. It just that's the performance they gave during the time. So I think that for them to run on or run against Trudeau's record would be a mistake. Um, He's got a solid bunch of people who think he did a good job. And we're coming out of it. You know, people are just, they're busting out of their house. They're hopefully getting their shots uh, to air mm. off the masks. Uh, yeah, fourth wave. Anyway, don't want to speculate. But the point is, I don't think that wave would hit before an election. So we're going to probably see an election. But that doesn't mean that the issues on the table um, will be in Trudeau's favor. Because uh, the economy is going to be one of those big issues, economy and jobs. And on that one, uh, the conservatives actually track better people, 35% of voters think they would do a better job on the economy and jobs than uh, than the Liberals. So by the lead of eight points at the Liberals. So I guess you should be careful because if he thinks he's going to run just on his record or whatever, that's not going to be the case. Yeah, well, well, he does deserve to be challenged. I mean, he's used much of the last 16 months as a moment to campaign, leaving the provinces to do a lot of the heavy lifting and also putting the onus uh, a lot of, uh, you know, on his ministers. He's got to come out and sell what he's done, uh, but more to the point of what he's going to do moving forward. And I'm sure you didn't uh, uh, not see that the the parliamentary budget officer just issued a warning saying that if uh, the Trudeau government doesn't rein in spending, you know, with these massive federal programs that they are you know, dangling in front of voters that we're going to have massive deficits until 2070. I mean, that that number, mm-hmm. I think, is so hard to wrap your head around of, of what we could be facing um, if we just continue on this spending spree instead of trying to get the books in check, which is not sexy to run on, but it is essential. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, 2070, well, it won't even be our kids. They'll be our kids' kids. We're paying that yeah. off. Uh, we've got a, a debt now of over a trillion dollars. And it's just, it keeps going up. And like you said, there's no sense that there has to be any turning off the taps or pulling back. New programs have been put on the table. The last budget approved, childcare and others that are, you know, big lifts. So the government's stepping into that space. And if Trudeau gets a majority, um, you can believe that that's going to be what, what rolls out. If he gets a minority government again, then, you know, it's a question whether that would be approved. But the point is, um, there's got to, at some point, there will be a reckoning. And people are saying, Ugh. like, what are the inflation numbers going to be? What are the interest rates mm-hmm. going to be in the next year? We don't know. Mm-hmm. That affects how you manage your debt. So you, you yeah. keep adding to it, you get in trouble. Yeah, and you almost, you wish it could be broken down because whatever we service the debt with is money that we're not putting into things like daycare or healthcare yep. or all these other social programs that we want. I mean, we were just literally tossing money into the air and, and letting it blow away, which is, it's really, really disturbing how, how kind of, um, you know, indifferent we are to it. But it's obvious, you know, that O'Toole should go for the pocketbook issues. You know, mainly, what are you going to put in our pockets? He hasn't really put out anything, I think, to excite voters. Um, but again, campaigns matter. But he's got to avoid, you know, the campaigning in the past. They've had all the last few months to do that. It's not sticking for whatever reason. Uh, but, but, you know, Trudeau has made clear in the last few days of campaigning, which it's like round the clock now, he's made clear that he's just going to keep throwing progressive issues at the, um, you know, at the conservatives to demonize them. And again, I hope the electorate doesn't fall for it this time. I'd like to see tangible policies of what we're going to do to get out of this thing, because, uh, you know, we are going to have a reckoning at some point, as you say. Yeah, and this ridiculous thing about withholding funding uh, from Nova yeah. Scotia, I believe $140,000 because uh, health funding, because they are not finding access to abortion. Well, that's no new thing. And that's been going on in Atlantic Canada for uh, ever, pretty much. So this to suddenly bring that out on the eve of an election and say, oh, you know, look, we got to we got to we got to deal with this now. It's just to put abortion as an issue, to force the issue to just bring it out of, you know, thin air and suddenly, oh, look, abortion. Remember that one? Or remember what the conservatives are supposed to think about? It's the most ridiculous, transparent thing. Just unbelievable. So it shows, though, to me that, that they might be a little worried because otherwise they wouldn't be trotting that out. And the polls have narrowed somewhat in the last week, if you look. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. You know, I actually heard today someone say who should know uh, an unnamed member of parliament told me that he thinks that if Justin Trudeau uh, thinks he won't get a majority, then maybe there won't be an election. So it's not well, I mean, that would require him to step out of the way, like out of the mirror and stop looking at himself. I, I don't know what goes on in his head. Um, yeah. But, you know, O'Toole has to put something in the window. I mean, you know, I know the guy, you know, the guy, he's a nice guy. He's accomplished. He's a lawyer. He's uh, his father was in parliament. He's been in parliament. He's not a demon or as as he'll be painted, the Antichrist. Uh, but he does have to put something in the window. And I don't know if they are going to put something. It's not enough to, to campaign on mental health issues, even though they're so important, Tasha. It's not enough. People want they want something dangled. So, um, you know, does he run on a four day work week? Does he put out some kind of basic guaranteed income? I don't know, but he's got to put well, something hope, in I the window. Not. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I think that the million jobs—they're all promising that one. That's kind of been our—we've we've heard a lot about that from everybody. Um, I think what Trudeau will put in the window is—and I hope it's not guaranteed annual income. If CERB has taught us anything, it's that this sort of blanket—we're just going to throw money 
at people without taking into account individual circumstances, like where they live, what job they were doing, how they, like, yeah. no, it was a mistake to just do that. Kept some people afloat who needed it. Others took advantage of it, to be very honest. And that's unfortunate. Um, but human nature being what it is, I think Trudeau will put forward some kind of, of change to income support. What that looks like, I don't know. I don't know if we'll go as far as guaranteed annual income, um, because I don't think you can afford it either, frankly, with what's going on. But I think there'll be some conversation around, you know, changing workforce, how we adapt, uh, increased automation. Like there's, there's a lot. But of that's things. something O'Toole should be putting out before Trudeau can snatch that I territory. So, yeah. And, I and what's so, his main yeah. plank? What is something that people would say, oh, I like that. That's a nice bobble. I'll actually give this guy a look. I mean, he doesn't excite people. So he's got to have some policy that makes people say, oh, okay, so it's not all about lowering debt and bringing in the, you know, like people just, they should care about it. They don't. I think we're. I think we are seeing. You know, the shift that the conservatives have to make is to realize that there is that middle segment of Canadians who are seeing their jobs disappear. It's not mm-hmm. COVID. It's that that yeah. there's a shift yeah. happening. How do you deal with that? And those workers. And what you don't want is a situation like the U.S. We get people radicalized and, uh, you know, d- doing oxy in small towns because the whole industry's yeah. moved away. And this kind of thing, yeah. you don't want it to get there. Because then people get angry and you get Trump, you get that whole dynamic. We don't want that. So what are they going to put? I think that the, the working class, so to speak, the conservatives can be the party of the working class if they do it smart and do something about that shift ahead of the time that it happens. Yeah, and it would be smart because the NDP is not the traditional NDP. They have abandoned the working class, so so they're lost. But, you know, Jagmeet Singh is campaigning by TikTok, and I know it's yeah. effective, but I can't, I, I cringe when I see it because it's just so goofy. He's out there doing a dance the other day, like I flashing it. his arms and stuff, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's not policy. And, I, and Tasha, I don't know, yeah. is he going to get the same kind of star celebrity treatment he got last time? I mean, we've got to cut the crap. We've got a job to do in this business, and our job is to challenge these people to to justify and and get them off their talking points. And if you don't get them off the talking points, then then they just get to do whatever they want. Yeah, no, I, I the TikTok thing. Let's it, it goes two ways, right? He can have millions of followers, but are they in Canada? TikTok's a worldwide mm-hmm. thing. You don't even know where people are looking at him from. And secondly. Um, young people vote less. It is a statistical fact. Unless you can get them out to the polls, it doesn't matter how much they swipe you and like you and, and you know, watch your ridiculous TikTok. Because I, I will say it, I think it is it, it is a medium that really, it's not just about politics, but I think it really is. It's a medium that's dumbed down what we mm. look at so much. Um, mm-hmm. And it's incredibly addictive. And, you know, I, I, I really don't like it. But the point is he's using it because he thinks that's where the votes are of the next generation. The reality is you've got to get that generation to actually engage in politics. Looking at a TikTok is not going to make them do that. So I want to see how he bridges that. I think it's going to be an interesting experiment, quite frankly, to see how can he translate that to the polls. We know Obama translated social media, young people, young voters to the polls. But it was a different time. And it wasn't, you know, it's the one thing to get a text, another thing to watch someone do a silly dance. So, yeah, yeah. I pray. Well, time will tell. We'll see any time now, any time. We will have a busy uh, back to school with Apollo. <laughs> it's going to be a very busy next couple of minutes. Tasha, very much appreciate. What's that? I said you won't sleep, Alex. Well, neither will you, because uh, we'll keep calling on you. But I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks, Tasha. Thank you. Bye-bye.
That's Tasha Kierden, who writes uh, quite a lot for the National Post as well as um, works over at Navigator. And so we'll see. Uh, again, the, the TikTok. I don't get TikTok. I'm not on it. I don't. I don't. I'll never get on it. I don't see the value in it. But again, I'm not the demographic that uh, it goes after. So there's also that.